Hi, my name is Haley Grove and welcome to Dear Dance. I'm a professional dancer living in New York City and I'm searching for balance in and out of the studio. I think experiencing your life and nurturing all your creative passions ultimately enhances a dance career. So I'm speaking to inspiring performers and industry professionals about their relationship with dance and their other passions outside of the performing arts world. I'm connecting with dancers who decorate cookies, develop their own film, build websites, make candles, teach fitness, write poetry, and people who are changing the fabric of our industry, all while dancing their butts off professionally. I'm on a mission to discover the keys to a long creative career. So let's take this journey together, advancing our dance careers, expanding our creativity, and experiencing all the joy this life has to offer. Hello everyone, I wanted to do a little insert before the official episode starts uh, because this episode was recorded a while ago and you're going to hear some things um, about projects happening in the future that have already happened and I just wanted to give you a heads up. Um, Some of those things are you're going to hear Shiloh talking about making her Broadway debut in the future and I just wanted to pop in and say she actually did the show. It was amazing. I was so lucky I got to see her on Broadway Um, and unfortunately the show closed but definitely go check out all the information about the show. It was a beautiful story, an absolutely stunning performance. I was so impressed and so excited to see Shiloh in person after the show for the first time. Also apologies if you hear my cat having the zoomies in the background. I've re-recorded this section like 500 times and so we're just going to go with it because uh, he wants to be a part of it. Um, and so another thing that I wanted to mention is that Shiloh and Sarah are going to talk to you about their company, uh, Collectus, and they have a program where they do pods. Um, I won't give too much away, but I did want to just say uh, that I got to participate in pod in the summer, and it's actually a big reason why I was getting back into dance and getting kind of my dance career side of my life kind of back on track and getting back into classes. So I just wanted to give a huge shout out to them for helping facilitate uh, that pathway for me. Um, So if you like what they say and you like what they're all about, I really, really highly recommend checking out their program. We're actually doing a beta test version right now um, for a new kind of pod program that they're working on. So I'm excited to tell you guys about that when that's ready in the new year. Um, But for now, uh, I think those are all the things I wanted to say. Um, So let's get into the episode. It's really awesome. They are amazing humans. So I'm really excited for you guys to listen. Hello everyone. Welcome back to Dear Dance. My name is Haley. If this is your first time joining us, thank you for being here. And if you are a returning viewer or listener or you're watching live, welcome back. Um, I'm so excited for my guests tonight. We have two amazing guests and I'm just going to read the bio that they sent me because it is flawless. Shiloh Gooden and Sarah Bryans are theater makers, and the co-founders of Collectus. With years of witnessing and living the hardships of the creative career, they formed Collectus to give artists a damn break from having to carry it all themselves. They create and run an immersive creative support group called POD that has been called a game changer, creative therapy, and a think tank combined, 
and more powerful than I have even, I could have even hoped. So like amazing reviews. I actually heard about them through my amazing friend Meg who was a part of Pod. So I'm so glad that the internet and friends and the dance world connected us because I just cannot wait and just wait till you hear their their performance bios. Sarah has performed as a Rockette and has worked on six Broadway shows. She now directs and choreographs for live theater events and film and is a dance educator at several of the country's top theater and dance schools. Sarah is also obsessed with cycling and plants. I need some help with plants because I kill them all. Also, my cats eat them, so hopefully she can give me some pointers. Uh, Shiloh has performed and choreographed around the world in musical theater, teaches at conservatories like AMDA and AADA, and is making her Broadway debut this year. What? That is so exciting, even after like a freaking pandemic. Amazing. She was trained early as a facilitator and a community organizer through her years, serving on the California Youth Council, designing and running statewide conferences for young activists and leaders. Together, Sarah and Shiloh use their com- their combined experience as directors, educators, facilitators, and creatives to design a true community support for creative people. So artists can go solo, but not alone. I'm obsessed. I love that. I cannot wait to get into it. I am so honored that they're here. Let's bring them in with a big round of applause. Hello, hello. Hi. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. What a lovely and generous introduction. Thank you. Let's get into dance. Um, you guys have pretty impressive stories on paper, and I'm sure off paper it's even more beautiful. So whoever wants to start first, I would love to hear just your introduction to dance, how it became part of your life, because it clearly has has followed you throughout your whole life. Sarah, you want to go first? I'm going to work on your heart. Yeah, I mean, I started dancing when I was a little kid. I think I was three or four, and my mom took me to classes at the rec center, And I remember taking like a half hour ballet, half hour tap class. And I loved it. I remember one of the routines we did was singing in the rain. We got to bring umbrellas to class and do all this choreography with it. And over the years, I just kind of stuck with it. And the teacher I had while I was at the rec center, she kind of shepherded me into a local dance studio where I could get more sort of formalized training um and that's the studio i grew up at and i was there from about when i was six until i graduated from high school and you know my parents you know i tried other things i played some sports and i did cooking baking classes and and i just remember having the choice like well do you want to play soccer do you want to go to dance class and the choice was always dance class at the end of the day and you know there's only so many so many hours in the day so um it was like yeah volleyball or dance class you want to be on the volleyball team or do you want to go to dance class after school so yeah that was my intro and you know my the teachers I had it felt like family and they were I spent a lot of hours as many dancers do in the studio and that was my love and I, there was nothing else I wanted to do. Yeah. Mm. What about you, Shiloh? I, uh, I just love that because I feel like so many dancers feel that way. Like we're so lucky to be in a career where it sort of is your first love. 
And then like all the stories are like some are like, and then it turned into an abusive relationship or like then it would stay my love or I didn't stay my love or all the things. So I love that. Um, I, I think I was very lucky that I ended up being able to become a dancer at all because it didn't feel like I... I just felt like I wouldn't maybe have access. So I had that same feeling when I was a little kid, like I just, I just got to do it. Like it, there was this like impulse and I don't really know where it came from, but it was like, I, I just, I want to dance. And I would run over my house dancing and uh, begging my parents to put me in class. But we lived in a very small town and my parents didn't have a lot of money. And so I feel like that's where I feel very lucky that I ended up getting the training I did because it was a one room, one teacher, tiny studio that my town had. And she just happened to actually have a great ballet background. She didn't tap. She didn't even know what hip hop was. She was like a tiny little old lady, but her ballet was like on point. And for, you know, I know like I've, I've seen dancers from other small towns where the person that te is teaching them is just not at a super high technical level. And, but like we really lucked out. And so you know, I studied with her from the age of nine, I think, eight or nine, but it was by the time I could finally convince my parents to put us in class and like pay for it. And I was like behind because all the other little girls had started at five. And I was like, oh no. Actually, I do remember the very first day before my first class, my best friend taught me Pada Shashashma, Pada Shashashma, because that's what they were working on. And she was like, you should know this before you come into class. Um, so I did that and, uh, and, and, stuck with it and the training was good enough that by the time I had decided it was something I really wanted to do in my life and went to school at um I went to USC in LA and I got there and it was like oh I'm not that behind like I've never done hip-hop I'm a terrible tapper but most everything like is still holding up you know and I can I can be competitive um except like a few random weird things that apparently she taught us wrong that my very first belly teacher in college was like no your foot goes behind the knee and your pk is not in front and i'd like been doing them wrong my whole life and i had no idea <laughs> so like there's those weird things but um yeah it was it was like that that first love thing i always talk about it as my first language i it's the thing that i know that no matter what else no one can take away from me because it like that love of it belongs to me. And even if I'm not doing it professionally, it still gets to be mine. And I, I feel lucky mm. to have something like that. Mm, I love that so much that that's, uh, you hit the nail on the head with that one. It's, that's exactly the feeling. What was the time when you guys first kind of realized, maybe I want to do this as a job. Like I actually want to really, really go into it. Clearly the love was there but you both have had such awesome careers. When did that kind of flip go off in your head? I have a really clear, like vivid memory of that penny dropping. I was 14 and I, in my dance classes, some of the students were a few years older than me. So I, they were graduating from high school and one of them in particular auditioned for the Rockettes and she ended up getting that job like out of high school and going to do it in Las Vegas. and. You know, some of the others were like going to New York for theater college. And I just I, I was very lucky to have those examples in my life to go like, oh, this is actually possible. It doesn't you know, seeing somebody close to me do that felt like it wasn't so far out of reach. And so I knew I remember when I was 14 just going, oh, I have to do this. And I had started doing musical theater, community theater and musicals and stuff. And 
I knew that I wasn't going to be a company dancer. I didn't really want to do that. I wanted to do musical theater and I knew I wanted to move to New York. I grew up in California. And so pretty much the next couple of years were like a lot of training and just figuring out how I, how do I get to New York? And, you know, particularly at that age, I was like, I have no idea how this is going to happen, but it's going to happen. And I was so determined and, uh, yeah, it just, it felt like a very clear vision. So that was sort of, yeah, I think when that moment became really clear for me. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. My story is somewhat similar. I don't remember the exact moment, but I, I don't, I feel lucky that I don't really remember deciding. It was just sort of like, well, this is what I'm going to do. But I, what mm-hmm. I do remember deciding is sometime in middle school or high school being like, well, I love acting and I love dancing so maybe I should do musical theater because that's where the two can be combined and I also remember a moment when I was like I don't know 26 or 27 after doing a lot of ensemble regional theater where I was like okay well that decision has now resulted in like not doing the highest quality acting that I can possibly do because I never get to speak and not necessarily getting to do like the most interesting dancing that I ever get to do because it's all mixed in with like storytelling and musical theater and sometimes you're just like step touching and I was like is this really what I wanted but I love musical theater um so that's kind of when I decided to like do the two and uh started looking at theater programs and you know I always sort of knew I wanted to move to New York but I didn't want to move with with nothing like just show up I'd heard that story you know the girl with the suitcase who just like shows up and is ready and gets like crushed and so I was like I'm not gonna be that person I'm gonna go like if I have a job or I know somebody or something and I did end up being that person I like went to college it's like I need to make some money before I moved to New York um I did a cruise ship to save some money I got an agent and then it was like I think it's time so I just packed my stuff and moved and I was 22 I think and uh and it you know it just never stopped from there awesome you both have such cool resumes I would love to know obviously you can't we don't have time for you to share everything you've done but I would love to know some of your favorite dance moments so whether that's a job or whether that is just like a really special experience that you didn't get paid for whether you maybe should have gotten paid for it or didn't or it was just like something that just you loved with dance in your life I would love to hear some of those moments that you had um I have one I'll I can share really quick and then we can bounce back you can also like hype up your resume because I am also very curious so feel free to like drop any names or anything (laughs) no hype but this is just a silly little moment which is that I at one point got asked to do a gala at city center um for the um career transition for dancers not for profit and uh you know this kind of jobs you're always just like sure why not and um And so it was my first time performing in a big theater in the city. You know, it's a huge theater. And we were doing um, Cool from West Side Story for this gala. And afterwards, there was a big dinner. And they had, like, had all these fancy people there to try to raise money and whatever. And at the dinner, at the event, the guest of honor was Baryshnikov. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm in the same theater as Baryshnikov. And then we go to the big gala dinner afterwards. And I'm, like, 23. And he's there and I was like 
this is my only chance. And I was like, I'm going to be that person who goes and interrupts Brishnikov's dinner. <laughs> and I did. I went over and like was like, I'm so sorry, Mr. Brishnikov, but I just want to tell you that like, I'm really happy to meet you and none of that. And he was like, oh, well, um, what's your name, young lady? And what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I'm trying to be on Broadway and da, da, da. And he was like, well, you're very beautiful. I'm sure you will succeed. And I was 23. And that was like 15 years ago. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it was finally happening. Yes, <laughs> and it was we cool but, to meet Okay, but let's get into that really quick before we move on. You were yes. about to make your Broadway debut. Can oh, you can man. you give a little a little yeah. hype yourself up for that for sure. a second? Because so, like um, whoa. Yeah, we're coming to New York with a new musical, which is always so hard. It's not based on a book or a movie or anything. It's called Paradise Square. And uh, if you've seen Gangs of New York, it's, uh, it kind of takes place in that same moment in history, this mixed neighborhood that happened in New York in the 1860s that was like an anomaly. It was the first mixed race place that you could actually like have those kinds of relationships in the whole country and and have it be okay um and it was sort of destroyed by the course of history but it also was this huge cultural melting pot they think it's where tap dance was invented because it had the influence of the irish immigrants and the the black and african dance that like came in and, and sort of like mixed together so it's a huge dance musical with like tons of intense historical stuff and also like beautiful music and, and song. Um, so we're opening in April and, you know, I've been in New York like hustling and teaching and choreographing and performing and doing all of that for so long. And I just, I think it's such an interesting thing to recognize that like the path is just nonlinear. Like I was to the point where I was like, I think if this, my New York show doesn't happen, like, I need to just let it be okay that that's not the only definition of success because like I've loved my career. I've been so lucky to work and be paid to do what I love to do in theaters, the same size as a Broadway theater. It just hasn't been in the city. So I feel like I was already to that point of almost getting like, it's okay if it doesn't happen. Um, but I had worked on the original, the world premiere of it three years ago. So weirdly, it was already in my world and then the pandemic happened. I basically did an audition for two years and then it was like, here you go, it's coming to New York. So it just kind of unfolded. Wow, that's, every time, like, because you can hear people say like, everyone's path is different and you know, what's meant for you is gonna come to you. And like, sometimes it's a little hard to really believe that when you see your friends and your colleagues and your peers like, doing things that you just dream of doing and you want to do and you're like so happy for them but you're like gosh I wish I was on their path and like that is such a great great example like 15 years hustling and now you're making your Broadway debut after a global pandemic like that's that's just a sign that this was this was your show this was meant to be this for you so that is like oh everyone needs to hear that that is so amazing congratulations like super congratulations can't wait to go see it i'll bring you one of your little valentines in april (laughs) amazing and then sarah i'd love to hear your your story your your i mean you've done a million things so it's definitely hard to pick but i'd love to hear a few of your favorite dance moments i mean i think the first thing that comes to mind is my first the first broadway show i did was the revival of 42nd street in 2000 and I, it was 
kind of just a freak situation. They, the show had been open for three months. I remember going to see a preview. Jermaine Salzberg was sitting in front of me. She's a very, you know, well-respected tap teacher. I remember that moment. I, I got a ticket and I had, I had wanted to be in the show so bad. I just could never make it to an audition for a variety of reasons. And, you know, I saw that curtain go up in the at the beginning, halfway to the knees, and I just started crying. So I was like, I want to be in this show, you know. And then, like, three months later, there was an open call for They were adding a swing. And I went to that open call, and it was, like, in one half day of auditioning. And a lot of, like, cuts and callbacks. You know, they kept whittling. There was, like, probably 200 people there. And by the end, there were six of us. And I ended up getting that job. And the other five people who were in that end group, they all ended up getting hired for the show at some point later on. But I was picked by Randy Skinner to be this additional swing. And I ended up, they ended up saying, oh, you'll have like a month of rehearsal because there's so many parts to learn and this and that. And and I, I didn't know what I was doing. I was so young. I had no clue, but, you know, I had an idea of what a swing was. And I had done theater and I had done the Rockettes before that. But anyway, I started rehearsing, thinking there's going to be like a month of rehearsal. And I was also covering 26 tracks. And, you know, I started learning one. And on the fifth, I would go in for like three hours of a rehearsal in one of those little studios in Ripley Greer by myself with the dance captain associate. And she was wonderful. And um, on that fifth day of rehearsal, I stepped on stage for this an understudy rehearsal. You know, there's no sets, no nothing. It's just we're all doing the dances and doing the scene work with only the understudies and the swings. And at the end of that rehearsal, I was pulled to the side for a little mini meeting. And I was told that, um, you know, somebody ha- was out that night and another one of the swings had to go home for a family emergency. So could I perform that night? And I said, yes. I mean, After I don't five even... days of rehearsal? Yeah. I mean, I had learned the whole show, but I hadn't been on stage with other people. I hadn't been in costumes. I hadn't done, you know, and, and there's like a stair dance at the end. I mean, I got to practice on it one time. They pulled the stairs out for me like right before half hour. And I got to hold one of the dimes. It was so heavy. I got to like do go through it once by myself. <laughs> and so I put the cost, I mean, I can feel myself shaking right now because I can feel the nerves like coming back as I relive it. But I was like, I think I can do this. Like, uh, you know, and so I did it. And I just have visions of like, the lighting being like all pink all i can see is pink and i got to the end of the show and i was like oh i think i could breathe now and i like took a bow i was like oh my god i just made my broadway debut you know so that was crazy and fun and that was a wild ride that i did for a couple of years and i just i was on all the time because there was the cast was so huge so i was probably in the show like 80 to 90 percent of the shows um and just on for different tracks all the time you know split tracks and all that stuff so it was a real thrill and a huge learning experience um so i'm very grateful for it and you know it just it was awesome that is so cool that's so wild (laughs) for swings is it normally like how much time do swings generally 
get before they know they're going on on a specific track? Is it ever like planned out ahead of time or is it always like you're living in a state of like, oh my God, I could be on stage doing one of 20 different tracks at any moment? I think, I mean, I, most of my performing career, I was a swing. So there's like so much I could say about this, but I, wow. I, will, I will limit my words. Yes, especially but, um, with the latest uh, yes. stupidity statements yeah. that have been made about swings. I mean, uh, for me, I was kind of always living in a constant state of like slight, like edge of stress. But there would be times where you're like, okay, somebody's going on vacation for a week. I know I'm going to be on for that track all week, but there was always the opportunity for there to be, you know, split tracks or you have to move to this other track because of any number of logistical things. And there were shows where I went on like right after the opening number, I threw on a costume and was on stage by the second number, you know, things would happen last minute. Um, So yeah, that was for me constant Mm -hmm. state of, a little bit of stress. Wow. I mean, if you a can lot do of that, stress. You can yeah. do anything. <laughs> if you can be a swing on Broadway, you can do anything. Fully agreed. Uh, I've never yeah. swung, but we definitely like of the shows I've been in, you know, there's times when you really know ahead of time. And then the show I just worked on, the very last performance in Chicago, our lead lady was not able to go on and they knew it um, like 40 minutes before the show, the understudy did, and she had never been on for it. And they'd had like one rehearsal. And so it's just like, well, there's no other option. You just pull it wow. together. And we held the show for like 10 minutes to make sure that her costumes fit and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. I, performers yeah. and dancers are superheroes. Yeah. It's amazing. Superheroes. And totally just agree. like the epitome of being able to internally freak out, but get it done and yeah. not let anyone see us sweat. Like, I feel like that is, like, the true power of a performer is to just get stuff done and make it yeah. look effortless if you're doing it well. Like, that yeah. is so cool. I'm I will say, amazed. like, <laughs> one other thing about just good jobs and getting jobs, because I was reminded as Sarah was describing, like, the way that job just appeared, like, that I feel like the thing – I just was mentoring a younger dancer today and – I was like, it's so nonlinear and like we do our best to be trained and ready. But if I really look back on all the jobs I've had in 15 years, like most of them, a few of them were show up to the audition, get the job, but so many other things. Like I had this amazing contract at a theater that I had worked at once already, but I really wanted to work there again. And I like couldn't even get called back a lot of times. And like, I was really struggling to work there again. And then I went to like a reading of a new show and I sat down and the person next to me was someone who worked at that theater. And they were like, oh, it's so nice to see you again, Shiloh. And two days later, I got a call from my agent being like, so you must have done something right because they had someone drop out of the season and he saw you at the thing and he thought of you. And so they're just flat out offering it to you. And I was like, that's bonkers. Like, And every time I worry about getting work, I remember that, that like, it you just keep planting seeds and you have no idea yeah no. so true keep I planting se- it's like for every 200 seeds you plant there will be one sprout you know <laughs> <laughs> but i think yeah. you know it's that's like that's what makes it so challenging and mm-hmm. sometimes just you know really exhausting and and all, yeah. this, all of that stuff so yeah yeah Amazing. Well, it's time for our first game. Let me get my little 
would you rather <laughs> so if you're watching live or if you're watching the replay or if you're listening to the audio version feel free to comment or message us or dm us on instagram and let us know what you would rather but let's get into it these are always very silly so would you rather have to eat without using your hands or cutlery or have roller skates for feet. Oh, I'd much rather eat without cutlery or hands. <laughs> yeah, because how are you supposed to dance in roller skates? I mean, <laughs> if you can only do Xanadu, like, that's it. Um, <laughs> like, I would break my ankle. <laughs> oh, I'm going my face and then plate of food. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. Would you rather have popcorn constantly popping out of your nose or have to sleep alone each night in a haunted house. Oh, popcorn. popcorn. I freaking <laughs> hate anything scary. Yeah, no, no scary movies, no haunted houses. Yep, no. same. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last one of these. Would you rather have to move to a different house every week or live in a shed in the middle of a desert? I guess I'd move houses. I mean, my, I had my first impulse was to live in a shed in the middle of a desert because I'm such a home person. I was like, can't imagine moving every week. But the like reality of living, yeah, the reality of living alone in the desert is, you know, that's a little rough. Yeah, so. yeah I think yeah. those are good choices. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I would love to know a little bit about your passions outside of dance and also about this amazing business. You guys are not only dancers, you are full-on businesswomen, mentors, leaders in this community. So I'd love to hear about your passions outside of dance and also how you've transitioned into this new venture that you've started. Yeah, um, I can start. Well, I uh, I would say outside of dance, like finding ways to feel um, – sane and happy and joyful is like so important to me and I think I it's so you know for a lot of people in our community and like I love dancing but then you make it your career and it comes with all the shit that comes with that and it's sometimes hard to just like let go in it and let it be also your joyful place um and so things like crafting and being in nature and all of that has has become really important and um quickly the story about sort of how we started this this last year is that you know for years I've been thinking like I think there's something else I want to give to the world I think there's something else besides being in shows that isn't just like you know that that I can do or activate and uh never really knew what it was didn't really have the time pandemic started a great friend of mine was like, you have no excuses not to now because now you have the time and the energy. Um, and it still was a big question mark. Like, what the heck is that thing? And as we started exploring, um, you know, and joining forces with Sarah, we the thing that we united on the most is that everyone that we know, including ourselves, if you've stayed in the industry for long enough, is carrying so much weight like is carrying the weight of like the emotional challenges of constantly being rejected, but trying to be a vulnerable, authentic artist at the same time, the financial challenges of holding a million jobs, the organizational challenges of being your own boss and, and like literally holding everything. And most dancers and performers I know are brilliant, could go get any other job and have a stable income if they wanted to. And the only, the reason they're successful is because they are brilliant enough to like, basically have to manage all those pieces alone. But 
we we personally and a lot of the performers we know and not only performers but like artists of any type who are kind of living that solo career end up at some point either like feeling burned out overwhelmed isolated and I've experienced that a lot I've had plenty of panic attacks I've had plenty of times from like I don't know if I can do this anymore you know and I hear the same things from my friends and so that felt like the space that was like we can do something about this um I don't want to go out and tell people like what to do you know we don't need more experts but I do think we need a way to help the people in creative industries like to have the the support or the lifestyle that it seems like you can get in other careers that like it just doesn't feel like you can have if you're um a creative solo person Sarah you want to yeah I think just, there? yeah <laughs> I mean to, to touch on that like something that I had said when we first started talking about, you know, what we were going to do was I, I thought like, yeah, I am a freelancer and I am running my own business essentially as, you know, a director, choreographer, all the things. But I know that I thrive when I'm working with other people like that. Of course, I need like my alone time and that's very important. But when I have the structure of having other people around me, when I have people there to bounce ideas off of, when I have someone to vent to, you know, like all the things that come with living this life as an artist, it, I find that I need community and I need people in order to feel okay. You know, that's like the bottom line to feel okay, you know? And then from there, when I do have those environments, I go like, oh, I'm suddenly like, feeling more creative or I'm suddenly feeling like I can do my thing because I'm not sitting alone at my desk in isolation, having to try to like motivate myself. And so I think, you know, just to what Shiloh said, it's, there are, there's like so many things that we're juggling all the time, but when we're in a space where we can be heard and witness that we're not alone in that, it just makes it feel a little bit better and then you know okay well I can do this and I can take care of myself and I can prioritize my needs over the hustle and the do the constantly doing to to try to be you know whatever my idea of successful is um and that's been it's been a huge shift I think for me like even not in just creating what we do for collectus with those people but having a business with another person and it feels like we Shiloh and I are our own sort of element of what we do in a way. And so we try to always lead with, with having that between us and it's just easier to do things not alone. So, yeah. yeah. And we, so we started this company a year ago um, called Collectus and kind of develop we had like a million ideas at first like how are we gonna help all the artists and then clearly became obvious that we needed to sort of focus it down to like the, the first thing we could do and we've been iterating and changing what we've done and we've experimented and done all this research um and so after this this you know first year we've basically built a business where what we do is we create these support communities for creative people we call them pods and they're intimate 
and intense and really action oriented. Um, pods are right now a 12 week experience for 10 people. Uh, so every person that comes, comes with their project, their focus um, and what they wanna make real movement on. And the entire pod is structured to help everybody make these giant leaps forward on their, their own focus while feeling invigorated by the group. And there's really this thing where like the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, right? That like as soon as you gather together, everyone starts to feel like this ball rolling. Like I have a team behind me and I can do this. And then the next week they've written more of their novel or they finished their dance or they, you know, stepped into this new phase in their life they want to do. And so people come to us from all walks of life, all artistries to join in these teams uh, and we feel like it's kind of the ideal way to exist as an artist. Like if I could, I'd make pod available to everybody all the time for free. Um, and so right now we're like slowly figuring out how to do that. Um, we're offering them to artists who want to sign up. We're partnering with companies to offer them to like the artists that they work with. Um, we're looking for funding and finding ways to like make them more and more accessible. Um, but it's been incredibly fulfilling. So like, it's hard not to talk about it when you're like, what else do you do this? I saw out of dance because suddenly we're, like you said, business owners who that's like my full-time job. And in two weeks I'm starting full-time rehearsals. I'm like, but what do you mean? I already have a full-time job. <laughs> like what? And Sarah's in pre-pro for productions. I'm like, so now we're going, starting to go back to the industry and figure out like, what is it going to mean to really keep pouring our hearts into this thing that we really care about while continuing to be artists and that in of itself is a microcosm of like, this is what an artist usually has to do is like balance all these things. But it's magical to like see people feeling reinvigorated in their careers and feeling the opposite of burned out or overwhelmed, like feeling like sparkly and on fire. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's so, I just love everything about this and everything that I've read about it because I feel like so often in our industry, especially with social media taking the forefront in the past few years and just, it's like not cool to show that you're having a hard time. If like you're burnt out, it's like, well, I, I love the hustle. I just, I'm in New York, I'm in LA, I'm doing my thing. This is how it is. And, and I feel like so often when people really come together and they're like, actually like, I feel really bad and I feel kind of lost in my career and I don't know what to do and I feel alone and I feel like I'm the only one who feels this way because everyone else is putting on this magical shiny show on the internet. So it's like this is so important. Just even knowing that this exists out there for people is going to be healing and helpful and you know and then getting into this pod and like it's just going to be so amazing and it's so necessary for the dance world so and, and the performing world in general and just creatives in general because, you know, it's, it's I've, so often we're put into like these boxes of like, I'm this type of dancer, I'm this kind of performer and it's like, I think creativity and creative people are everywhere and it, that is so important to like mesh that and grow and like if you learn about other types of things and if you learn about the world ultimately we can just keep growing everything all together and heal mm -hmm. so I'm so mm -hmm. for everything that you guys are doing thank you Thanks. and the thing that's so interesting about what you just said is that like besides the fact that everybody in pod like finally does the thing they've been wanting to do or finally feels like, you know, they write that novel they've been trying to write for 10 years or whatever it is that people are doing. Almost more importantly, 
there's this magical moment where people start to recognize how much they value and respect everybody else in the room. And then they start to realize that they're one of those people. And I feel like we watch the self-worth and the sense of like who I am and how I belong in the community and my value in the world of, of everybody like shift and expand because they're seeing people that they respect talk about how they're having a hard time in their process or how they hit a wall and then seeing themselves reflected in that and going like, oh, that must not mean that I'm a failure based on my awareness of others. It, it's just like, I, I, I'm just, it's incredible. So that that's been really special to watch. I, I think, you know, and I would also say like what we value is really process and it's a it, process and who the human is you know not just it's not the hustle and it's not getting to a final product even though like Shaila said a lot of people make incredible progress on, on the work that they bring to pod because we are we are allowing everyone to come as they are like we're creating the space for everyone to be accepted just wherever they're at in that moment they're almost as like the release of a need for that final result, which almost frees up a little space for the creative work to happen, you know? Um, yeah. So it's really, it's fantastic. That's yeah. very zen what you just said, Sarah. Yeah, like like nice. not needing the final product is actually what makes you feel free enough to work on the thing to actually end up getting there. Wow. Yeah. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> That's the audio clip. <laughs> I, I just, I like, I also have this thought that came to mind is like, especially since doing pod, like I've come to value my personal interests outside of my work as an artist and have allowed myself more time to have those experiences, which has in turn made me feel like a fuller human. It's made me calmer. Like I, you know, I love cycling. I love gardening and doing these things. And actually I'm interacting with people outside of the arts community. So I'm having conversations that don't have anything to do with work. And then suddenly, you know, my heart rate's dropping and I don't feel like desperate and terrified all the time. And because I'm feeling more fulfilled as a person and that's allowing me to show up for my work in my artistic work in a different way. And mm. it's just been a real aha moment or period of time. I mean, I'm sure it will last for the rest of my life, you know, but <laughs> I hope it does, you know, but yeah. yeah. Oh, amazing. Well, everyone definitely go check out. We have the Instagram. We'll have all the links below, but I just love everything you guys are doing with that. It aligns so much with the message of this podcast and when I when I saw you guys on the internet, the good thing about the internet is I found you guys there. So I just knew you had to be on because, ugh, just amazing. So it's time for our second game. Let me get my little <laughs> questions. Okay, so I'm going to randomly pick one from each category. They're loosely color-coded, and we'll see what we get. And you can always veto if something is too scandalous, but it's usually not too scandalous. Pick a color, and we'll start it off. Shiloh, do you want to pick? Blue! Ooh, what are you most afraid of? Oh, no. <laughs> um, if, if I'm being really honest, like dying alone and unloved. 
How's that I for was going to say the same thing. I was going to say growing old alone, like being by myself in, in my elderly years. Well, at least you guys will have thing. each other. That's, That's so true. True. Good point. So true. We, could, yes. we could be like housewife roomies. <laughs> yes. Amazing. Next color. Um, orange. Have you ever laughed so hard a beverage shot out of your nose? Oh, yes. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Too many times. <laughs> and it's the best. Oh, it's yep. like the best. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Next color. Pink. What are you most excited about right now? Um, ugh, too many things. I think I'm most excited about starting. We're starting two pods in like six days, and we're starting two on the same day. We've never done two at the same time, and I'm psyched. Um, and uh, and I get to do my Broadway debut in a month and a half, so I'm pretty excited about that. I'm also excited about pod, but I'm so excited for Shiloh. Like, I cannot wait for Shiloh to have this experience, and I'm, like, over the moon. So I'm very happy for you. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I Aww. love it. Oh, yes. Everyone, show your heart. Show your heart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, last one of these. What do you always procrastinate? Laundry. Laundry. <laughs> um sending scary emails like the email you have to ask for something or uh, you know be brave and i will do my laundry or something else first (laughs) amazing well the last question i ask everyone is what brings out your most creative self i feel like um i have to be in like a certain kind of space and that could look like anything really but it they're it needs to be sort of like semi-structured and purposeful. So even if it's like I'm going into the forest by myself to, you know, move around in in nature, like that will do it. Or, you know, I need to carve out four hours so that I can get in the studio and create some choreography for a show but it has to sort of like have a structure and a purpose and like no distractions because when there's distractions it it I can't lose myself in it so I think that um I've discovered that I sort of need that like time place and purpose without distractions to really just be able to like release other thoughts Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. I would say um, that I've realized that I'm a problem solver. And so instead of being a blank slate person, I'm the most creative when you go like, here, look at this mess. And I will immediately have a hundred ideas about like how to fix it and what to do. And how about this? And what about this story idea? And, and like, that is such a good thing to know about myself because then it like shows me where I can bring my creativity out the most. Um, and so I love that. I love like working with something that already exists or an idea that's like already in some state of formation. And then I will immediately have a hundred ideas about it. And that is exciting to be able to start to trust that feeling. Mm, I love both of those answers. 
Well, where can people find you? Plug everything that you have to plug. Yes. Well, well go for it. <laughs> I'll take. So <laughs> it's amazing, amazing that that didn't happen Listen, until now. <laughs> we're normally so good at this. I'll plug our website. You can plug the other things. Our website is www.joincollectus.com. So you can read all about what we're up to. You can read about pod. You can apply for pod. And um, please give it a, a check it out. Yeah. And um, if you go to at join collectus on Instagram, that has been kind of our main platform recently where we're having conversations about the things that are hard to say and um, trying to authentically share art and share resources and also, of course, offer the pods and the other events that we're doing. Um, so that's a super easy place to connect with us. Um, you can also find us at our personal Instagrams as well. Um, and we're starting our next pod next week. So that is now no longer like it's full. But if um, pod is of interest to you, just reach out on a DM on Instagram or send us an email through the website and, uh, and we can have a conversation about the next opportunity to get into one later in the year. Amazing. Well, if you would like to find my personal stuff you can find me at Haley grove on instagram for my dance life and a lot of cat content and also lately a lot of candle making content because that's my new uh thing i've been wasting time doing it's not a waste of time it's fun um and then if you would like to support this show definitely check out dear dance pod on instagram and subscribe to the YouTube channel, Essentially Haley, that has a combination of dear dance, crafting, dance life, everything that makes me, essentially me, uh, is here. So definitely subscribe. I'm trying to get to a thousand subscribers one day. Um, and then the last thing that I'll plug is the Patreon for this show. Uh, once we get a hundred patrons, I'm going to start the Dancer's Dream Grant Program where I'll be donating $1 per patron every month to a dancer who has a creative project that needs help funding or, you know, even if it's just renting studio space to do self-tapes because you can't do it in your apartment and they're requiring you to spend hundreds of dollars just to get a job that'll pay you 200 bucks. There's a lot of ways that we can help dancers. You can support them by hiring videographers, paying your dancers. What a concept. Uh, so hopefully we can build this community uh, substantially so that we can support the show and also give back to the community. So definitely check it out. And shout out to our new patrons, Maya and Amanda. Thank you so much for being patrons. So I think that's all I have to plug. Thank you guys so much for being here. This is an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining from literally across the globe and up the block such a combination of places <laughs> you guys were so awesome and i'm so glad that we're connected thank you, you too awesome. <laughs> good night everyone thanks good night thank you for listening to dear dance if you enjoyed the show it would mean so much to me if you could share it with a friend screenshot the episode and tag me on instagram at dear dance pod it's so fun connecting with listeners so definitely check us out over on instagram and if you want a triple platinum superstar award leave a rating and review on apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts this really helps give the show street cred on podcast platforms again thank you so much for being here i'll see you next week for a new episode of dear dance